What is up, everybody? I'm Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and welcome to another episode of The Real Build. And in this week's episode, I'm featuring Ryan Austin of Birmingham Seal Coat out of Oxford, Michigan. Ryan is, is owner of Birmingham Seal Coat, which is a full-service asphalt and concrete company. They're equipped for to pay parking lots, subdivision, roadways, driveways, and more. He's in a top contractor school group that I'm in. He's in Warriors for Christ with me. He's in Arte with me. So Ryan and I have known each other here for a little bit and become good friends with each other as well. But I really wanted to focus on what Ryan is doing within his business. I've had asphalt guys on before, so I didn't want to talk too much about that. I just wanted to talk about how Ryan focuses more on his employees and his business and how he's grown so fast. Ryan's main focus is to build the company with your employees by giving your employees more to do, give it, making your employees feel part of the company, obviously giving more control to them. So we touched on a lot of different things about having employees. He's got about 50 of them now. We also talked about customer service and how we over-deliver to customers. That's one of the most important things in business and running any business. So you're going to hear a lot about how we do it. So if you're a client listening to this too, and you're looking for a builder or contractor, you're going to want to hear this as well. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the five-star reviews on iTunes. If you haven't done that, please take the time to do so. Also, feel free to share this with friends and family. It goes a long way. If you have anybody looking in the market to do any kind of construction, interior design, or anything, hire anybody or hire a real estate professional. This is your podcast. It's your go-to podcast. With that being said, let's jump right into this week's episode. Here we go. Welcome to The Real Build, the show that shows you exactly what you need to look for in construction and real estate. I am your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder, and each week I will teach you exactly what you need to look for, whether you are buying, building, or selling a house. I interview top people throughout real estate and construction to give you a better perspective prior to making one of the biggest investments of your life. I will also discuss my personal experiences as a luxury builder and real estate broker and answer your questions about the process. With that being said, welcome to The Real Build. Ryan Austin, welcome to The Real Build. How are you doing today, brother? Good, man. Good. Uh, just glad to be here. I'm uh, definitely excited to be here, man. It's a uh... It's not every day I, I do a podcast, so it's not every day that I get to be the guest of a podcast person. So I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to have you. You and I have known each other for a little bit now, and uh, and through obviously Top Contractor School too, which we can get into for a little bit. But uh, you know, you touched on your podcast too. We'll definitely talk about that because you're doing some big things with that. But what I always like to get started with is your background. So who is Ryan Austin? Well, uh, Ryan Austin is, uh, just turned 40 last year, which is, uh, a milestone in itself. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, the, the real Ryan Austin, I, I always call it is, is the, the passionate person, the one that uh, grew up, uh, in a small town, Oxford. Uh, we had about 20,000 people at the time. I think we're at like 30,000 now, but, you know, I grew up and, uh, grew up in a pretty, uh, rough, uh, patch, you know, my mom and dad got divorced. Um, my dad, uh, ended up moving away for work and really just wasn't around when I was younger. So I was pretty much raised by my, my, my mother as a single mother, but also my grandparents. 
uh, took me in and pretty much raised me as a kid. And with that being said is, is they were entrepreneurs. And, you know, so as growing up, my grandpa really just, you know, resonated with me because I wanted to learn. I always wanted to learn. I always asked him a ton of questions. So, you know, growing up, it was always uh, a learning uh, curve with me. I always asked him how you did things, what you did, because he was an entrepreneur. And I had that, uh, I believe I had that entrepreneur, uh, you know, skill in my brain that, you know, I wanted to do something with my life. So growing up pretty young uh, at, at, you know, four or five years old, when my parents divorced, um, I had to raise my brother. And as raising your brother, you know, as you know, you know, you grow up pretty quick, you know, and so I had to really just be that, be that instill that that mentor for him, you know, as a young kid. And, and I remember a story is, when we were younger is, is my brother was always that, that attached to my mom. And I always used to go up to him and say, it's going to be all right. You know, we're going to, we're going to do this together and, you know, we're going to hang out together and we're going to play. And him and I did a lot of sports growing up. We, uh, you know, growing in a, growing up in a small town, it's, uh, you know, I had a lot of friends and when I had friends, they, they helped me out. I got into sports at a young age. And when I got into sports at a young age, you know, I, I got that, you know, that, that competitive edge, you know, and, and when you get that competitive edge, nothing can stop you. So, you know, at the age of, you know, 12 years old, I started my first business. And that's why I wanted to go into this is because, you know, you know, I'll never forget the day I did because I wanted, really wanted to just, I wanted to make some money. And so I went to my grandfather and I said, you know, I want to start a business. And, and it was me and my buddy and Andy Dillon, which, you know, he's a, a very successful person nowadays. And he's, he owns a large roofing company and, uh, uh, Texas. And, you know, we started this, it's called RNA lawns. And what's pretty funny about that is it's RNA, which it was Ryan and Andy, but Ryan Austin is RRA. So it's like, we just did that back in the day because we thought that was pretty cool. But I remember our first job and this is, this is a, this is why I wanted to tell this story is, is I remember our first job and it was like an acre of leaves. And I walked up to the door and I'll never forget it. I was so nervous. I was shaking. I was like, Oh my gosh, I got I got I got to go up to the door. So I would knock on the door and I'm like, "Hey, do you want your leaves done?" And he's like, "Well, how much?" And I said, "Uh, 15 bucks." Dude, it took us the whole day to do those leaves for 15 bucks. And as an entrepreneur at the time, you know, my mindset was like I want to make money, but I was like, this took too long, is it really worth it? So then I started price structuring all my stuff. So I knew, you know, back in the day that I was a very competitive person. I knew that I was going to be that person that really just drove and just did whatever ever I had to do to make money. And, you know, and I think that with working with different companies, you know, as a young kid, you know, I was, uh, I was in the restaurant business at 14 years old. I made management by the time I was 16. So it's like those things that I was always that driven person. So that's pretty much Ryan is that person that really just, was driven as a young kid because he, he, he went through hardships. Um, you know, I didn't have a father that was around. So that was one of those things that, you know, my grandfather instilled the hard work ethic and, you know, just, if you want to be somebody, you got to do something. And in order to do something, you got to start. And so a lot of people don't just start, you know, that first step of like, um, everybody always says, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Well, do they really start? So if you're in a position where, you know, you know, you want to start something, you just got to, you just got to 
just do it, you know, just like this podcast, you know, like you had to start at a certain time. And if you didn't start, you'd be saying, well, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do a podcast, but you really just, you just got to start. So that's Ryan in a nutshell with the, with the really just the competitive edge, you know, the one, the guy that just wants to make things happen. I, and going off what you said, I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs are competitive. We all kind of come from not everybody, but a sports background, a competitive background, a, you know, obviously you had kind of that entrepreneurial upbringing too with your grandparents. I had it with obviously my dad. My dad was a workaholic, blue collar, started from nothing, worked his way up, always made me work as a kid since I was a little kid. And um, that's why I have such respect for not only the business that I'm a part of, but also just working in general and working up to get to where I want to be. So I can relate with you. Uh, and and also I can relate with you too, as a kid, I, I've talked about this in the past that I, I was had little businesses. I didn't even think they were businesses, but they, you know, I was selling golf balls, used golf balls on the side of a golf course <laughs> as a little kid trying to hustle money, you know, and just, my kids do that now. That's what's yeah. funny is during COVID, my kids, you know, they're like, dad, we got to go to the golf course. We got to go to the golf course. Cause I live on a golf course and they're like, yeah. let's go, let's go here. Let's go there. Dude, they got like, I want to say like six, five gallon buckets during COVID back in 2020, we just went around and, you know, they were selling golf balls, which it was pretty, I was a sucker. So I'm like, well, if you get golf balls, I'll pay a quarter a piece for them. And then I'll pay a dollar <laughs> for Pro V's. And so here they are going out for Pro V's and doing all this other stuff, but it's like, you know, quarter a piece for a Pro V is a nice, that's a, that's a nice grab. man. Well, well, <laughs> here's the thing is they get it caught on quick. So they, they charge, they charge me a dollar for a Pro V. So, which is yeah. fine. I want them to learn and Good I want for them. them to understand things so you know I, I think it's too is is if you instill that in your kids at a young age like I mean I mean like young like when I was you know four or five years old my grandpa was instilling things I remember going in he owned a, a party store in downtown Auburn Hills Michigan it was called happy hour and we'd I'd go there and, and I would I would hang out and I would be like grandpa I need to you know I need to make money what can I do to make money and he always wanted to you know Every time I did something, he wanted to show me how to do it, train me how to do it, and educate me. So by the time I was five and six years old, I knew what an ROI was, which most people as kids don't know that kind of thing. You know, like, you know, he, he was like, well, if you're going to get a rake, it's going to be, you know, at the time it was probably three or four bucks. You know, he's like, well, how are you going to pay for that rake? You know, you have cost, you have this. So like back in the day is if you can learn that or if you can teach your kids that, you will, you will develop an amazing you know, person in the business. And if they have that competitive edge, no matter what they do in life, they're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And that's the best thing is you can look at your kids and you can say, you know what, that person has a drive. He's competitive. No matter what he does in life, he will be successful. And I think that's a, that's a testament to like with that drive is that even if you're not driven, you can still teach your kids to those, those simple fundamentals. And if they're, you know, have any competitive edge, because my son, dude, I'll tell you, my son is just like, I never pushed him to do anything, never pushed him to do sports, never pushed him to do anything. And he is so competitive. He comes home and watches YouTube videos of sports, baseball, basketball, football yeah. every day and wants to analyze it. I know for a fact that kid's going to be successful because everything he does is very analyzed, very detailed and very like driven, meaning like he's going to do it. And this is what's going to happen. So, you know, if you can if you can instill that in your kids, man look out, you know, and I think that that's what we're missing today in age is we need to keep instilling that stuff. And so it doesn't skip generations, you know, because 
we have a generation right now that's out there in the millennials that I, I feel is a very powerful thing. You know, they're just doing things different, you know? So if we can, if we can take out what they're doing and we can do it and put it into our businesses, it's a very, very amazing thing to be able to get those people to do exactly what I didn't do starting my business out. So, you know, I just, uh, I, I wanted to, I wanted to share that with you because it's like, you can instill that in your kids and you can make them successful. It's just, you got to keep instilling and teaching them. I 1000 million percent agree with you too. And I don't have kids yet, but I'm a hundred percent going to do exactly what my dad did with me and make, make me work and make me do the outdoors, you know, not to sit, not just sit on an iPad all day. And, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just, it's you know what? I, I think that's, I think that's the, I think that's the way of the future though, is, is like, if we can do things, you know, not only technology based, but if we can do things like if we can teach our kids to just be compassionate about something and be driven about something and, and, and really teach them how to do those things. Because I think as a parent, we don't listen a lot. We try to say, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. So we have a rule in our household that, you know, when they come to me and ask me for advice that I always ask them, do you want me to listen or do you want me to give you advice? And I think that's a very powerful thing in a relationship with kids because they will, they will come to me no matter what, because if they come to me with information, I can give them that, Hey, I'll just listen. Or if you want advice, I can sit here and I can wait and you can give me all that information, but I can analyze it. And then I can tell you what my advice is. And I think that's really key with kids is, is, is just stepping back a little bit and really just, you know, pushing that out and saying, Hey, I'll help you. I'm here for you. Just don't, just communicate with me, mm-hmm. be a better communicator, teach your kids to be a better communicator. And I think that's what, you know, what's been amazing with me is because, you know, I have, you know, four kids, you know, I have a 14, a 12, a 10. So my 14 and 12 year old are girls. And they're, they're beautiful girls. They play travel national volleyball and then I, you know, and they're very competitive, but they, they were never, they were never competitive at first. They drew, they basically molded into it. And I think what that was is building that confidence in them, just having that little confidence to get better and better each time. Now, my son, he came out of the womb, literally throwing the ball. I mean, he literally wanted to play, wanted to play, but I never pushed him. And that made him want to drive even harder and harder. And because so he, he he tells me, he goes, hey, dad, I want to play at Michigan State. And I said, well, hey, if you want to play at Michigan State, you know what time is it does, right? He's what he wants you to practice. How many shots are you doing a day? Um, I don't know, 10, 15. I go times it by 10 or 20. And I said, then you might have a chance to get to Michigan State. So he's out there in the dark most days shooting baskets doing those kind of things. He has a uh, pop shot in his room and he's shooting. That is instilling and putting that mindset into those kids because unless you tell your kids what make, can make them better, they will never get better. And so it doesn't mean they're going to do it, but you, you got you to point them in the right direction. So I wanted to share that with you because it's like I, I've, I've been noticing a lot of that with my kids and everybody always says, you know, like, how, how, why are your kids so good? Well, I don't know. You know, it's like me doing the right things and me communicating with my kids. I think that's the most powerful thing is if you can communicate with your kids, your kids can communicate with others. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and this kind of segues into what you're saying is a hundred percent correct. And it kind of segues into your business too. But before I go into your business, let's talk about your business too. I want to, and, and how did you get involved with, you know, Birmingham Seal Co and the construction industry in general? How did that begin? Because a lot of the stuff you're saying, as far as what you're implementing in your kids too, obviously you're implementing that into your business as well and, and how you're structuring it and so on as well. I think, I think this is a great story and it gives me goosebumps every time I tell it is, is, you know, when you're, when you're driven, you want to go to the top as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, I felt like in life, you know, when you went to a business, it was, it was always the same mentality of the boss. It was like, you know, you know, you get a raise and then you keep going and then you get another raise and you keep going. And then finally there was like, you topped out and that topped out. If that, if if that, then mindset that if if the boss tells you that, Hey, this is all you're going to make your mindset shut down and doesn't and loses that drive you know it's like well if i'm gonna you know if i'm not gonna if i'm not gonna make any more money what am what am i gonna do next so people start to look elsewhere and then their mind's not in their business and then what happens is they either leave their business or they stay in it and they're just stuck hmm. and so what i want to tell you about this is is, is is what i did coming out of you know high school working full-time you know eventually living in a house by myself you know, at a very, very young age, paying rent, working at nights, going to school, you know, it was one of those things that like, you know, I had, I was driven. So I had to make the bills. I, I suffered a lot. I mean, I, I lived off literally 40 bucks a week for food. I mean, it was like very, very stringent. I went over to buddies' houses. I, I eat lunch, you know, my, you know, lunch at my buddies, my grandparents cooked me dinner. I tried to get as every meal as possible. Even being in the restaurant business, I brought stuff home. So it was very, very structured and very tight. But when I went in out of high school and I really started getting into the restaurant business, and then eventually I got into the machine world, CNC world, I was working for a guy and, you know, great, great people. And it was, it was, it was a great thing, but I got topped out. It was one of those things that like, you know, you're, you, you only make a certain amount and they're saying, well, you can't make any more money. And so my, my mentality is as well, I never wanted to do that to somebody. So I was like, you know what, it, it, at that moment, it drove me to say, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm going to start my own business. And the re the reason why that is, is because you have nobody to, to blame but yourself, if you have a business. So if you want to succeed, if you want to go after something, you have no limits in a business. When you start a business, you can like, there should be no ceilings. That's what I always tell people. You know, if you're living in a room, you know, 12 by 12 room with a, with a little ceiling, that's where you're going to be your whole life. But you know, the world's big, the world has no ceilings. So you can go out in the world and you can make things happen. And it's, it's crazy what things do. You know, if you go out and say, you know what, I'm going to start a company. I'm going to be a multi-million dollar company in the next three years. You can do that. There's no, nothing stopping you because I had no funding. The thing is, is, is what I did was, is I built a structure. And what the structure was, is giving nobody a ceiling. You know, um, I look at life as, is like, you get what you pay for, you know, you get what you pay for. So if you have a good employee, they're an asset. Okay. Your employees build your company. You don't build your company. You're the leader. But you don't build your company. You're sitting, I'm sitting in this chair right now, and I have 
15 people in, in an off season right now working in my office in my, in, I have mechanics. I have all these people working and I'm sitting doing a podcast with you and I'm still making money. And I think that that's a testament is, is you can, you can go anywhere in life. You just have to have that drive. And with me being, with me starting this company is when he told me that, you know, this is what's going to happen. And he was always gone, you know, on trips or doing that. And I was doing what I had to do to make this business run. I said, how, how, how hard was it to, to leave that job? It was easy. It was, that was the pivotal moment in my career to say, you know what? I just got to do what I got to do and I got to go for it. And I just stopped. And I literally said, you know what? I'm going to give you a couple months and, you know, I'm going to go do my own thing. And so I started an asphalt repair business, which is crazy. Like, why would you choose an asphalt repair business? Well, to be honest with you, I live in Michigan. So, you know, everybody always, you know, hears about how bad the roads are here in Michigan. You know, the frost, you know, the unthawing frost. We can put down a new road in Michigan and within a year or two, there's cracks. So, like, it was something that I looked at and I researched. It's like either be a plumber, electrician, or, you know, start a company of that or an asphalt. And I'm like, hmm, asphalt. What do asphalt guys get in Michigan? They get about three months off in the winter. That sounds good, right? Well, guess what? I have to work like seven, eight, nine months hard, and then I get three months off. Sounds pretty good to me. Well, that's what happened is I got into asphalt, and I literally worked my butt off for nine to 10 months, and I had two to three months off. And those two to three months off were just time to reflect and start looking at your business. And I think a lot of businesses, they're so engulfed in the day-to-day, every single day being the same, they don't have any time to reflect. So sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. I, you know, you hear that all the time with Brian is like, sometimes you got to slow down to speed up. And we, we, we talk about this in my office all the time is like, if we're moving too fast and things are being missed and stuff, sometimes you just got to stop what you're doing and then really focus. So what I did was, is when I transitioned in the, into this repair business, I wanted to make sure that I was never treated as a number. I was never treated as as a just a dollar amount. I wanted to I wanted to bring people in my company and I wanted to grow them to the point where they could have, you know, a successful life. And they they weren't working for the man. They weren't working for corporate. They weren't working for a boss that didn't care about them. You know, so as as a, you know, as a as a young entrepreneur when I started this business, I mean, we started this business in 2004. Okay, so in 2004, you know, things were things were still up. But in 2008, things like crashed. I mean, literally crashed. People were losing their homes. People weren't spending money. And what we did is in 2007, 2008, we took this business and doubled and tripled and tripled and doubled every single year in a bad economy because everybody had this short mindset of like, oh, let's grip up. Let's grip up. Let's stop what we're doing. And my thing was like, guess what? Let's let's. Gas, full pedal, hundred miles an hour. Let's go. And so that's what we're doing now. Is we're 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 creating you know a thing in our company right now where it's like the people are starting to like ooh 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 gas oh this and we're like you know what this is time to move. Let's go. Let's hundred miles an hour. Let's start doing this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I think that's what makes an entrepreneur and somebody that you know wants to drive and make people better because I have really high goals for my company and big targets for my company. It's only to make the people in my company better. And when they get better, they make more money. And when they make more money, they can do things with it. They can retire earlier. They can, like my whole mission 
is to help one person. And we talk about this all the time. This is my one, my, my one goal is to help one person every single day. And that's it. That's it. If we all did that in this country, in this world, could you imagine what would happen? It would literally be a positive environment. We'd go out and we'd enjoy life and there wouldn't be all this negative everywhere. And so what I'm trying to do is instill in every single person that I, that I touch is pass it on. Make sure you have that ripple effect. Pass that on. And so that's that's kind of how I how I got into the asshole world is like I was just sick and tired of the, the mundane boss that did mm-hmm. nothing but just just force you to do things, tell you what you couldn't do and, and put a ceiling over you. You know, if, and if you can do that in your company, and I think that your guests will appreciate this is, is, you know, never restrict anybody from making more money, develop something on how they can make more money, mm-hmm. you know, because in a company, you know, if you're a million dollar company and you have, let's say 10 employees, if you have 10 employees and they want to get better, you might have to go to 3 million. So set that vision and that mission with your 10 people and focus on that and say, hey, guys, this is what we got to do. This is the sacrifices that we got to do. But guess what? The end game and the journey and the mission is here. Are you guys willing to do that? And I think that's what brings the culture together. And we'll talk about this, I'm sure, later. But it's like you have to have that like drive and you have to have that leadership because people follow people that are driven. You know, so I think that's a that's in a nutshell how I got in this world. And, you know, I mean, I'm known as the asphalt guy now. And, and to be honest with you, I'm trying to transition myself out of that. I'm trying to transition myself into, you know, the power of helping people podcast, you know, the, the, the guy that comes and wants to just help people. You know, I, I say this all the time. I've made millions of dollars worth of mistakes and I still make mistakes. I want to try to prevent that from somebody else making a million dollar mistake or $2 million mistake or $3 million mistake, because, Ultimately, the whole end game is for everybody to succeed. And if you can't have that mindset, you're not going to have people following you. So I know that's a long-winded question or a long-winded answer, but I wanted <laughs> no. to dive into that because it's so it's so it, like perfect yeah. for it. Well, it is important, and in a few to- in a few points, I want to touch on with what you said too is giving nobody a ceiling too, and and so many businesses do not think that way they hire and they hire and they hire and their turnover is is just i mean i let's use a big company like starbucks i mean i i grab a cup of coffee um quite a bit at at the same starbucks and there there's always different employees almost every week and there's some that have been there for a while maybe two one or two that i've known at the specific starbucks for a while and so on but the, the employee, the, the cycle that they go through is just an insane, you know, companies like that and these big companies because they don't, they aren't putting in that effort of, of kind of focusing on the actual employee and, and giving them, there is no, there shouldn't be a ceiling, setting the expectation of where they could be, how they need to get there and so on, like you are doing too. Because like you said, employees build your company. And more and more people need to realize that as business owners, I mean, we all struggle with it. We all struggle with control as business owners too. We want to control everything. We want to do everything. And sometimes we got to let go. I struggle with that and not just in business, but in everything, finances, all this stuff. Uh, You know, I like to have control of what I have. And sometimes you just got to let somebody else deal with it. So you don't 
like like the stock market bloodbath we're seeing, you don't stress over it and you can focus oh, yeah. on other other things out and like your business and your family and so on. So, I mean, I took those points. Those are huge, what you said, too. Um, and then also, you know, like one thing which is huge to me, and I've been thinking about this, a lot of people in the construction world now are getting worried. They're They're seeing what's happening. Shortages are continually happening. Price increases are happening. And a lot of people are starting to get worried and kind of pull that foot off the gas, too. And I was just thinking about this the other day. I'm like, you know, I, I've been wanting to hire a video guy. And you second guess yourself. You're like, maybe now isn't the right time. Maybe I should put that focus somewhere else on. But then I'm like, you know what? Everybody else that's not going to be doing that, I can be doing that when things do slow down because more than likely they're going to. What goes up must come down. And this market's just been too insane the last few years too to where, okay, once things do slow down, I need to be prepared and already have that content and all that marketing and all that continuously going out too and, and just keep that foot going and keep moving forward. So, I mean, I love what you said. It's almost like, it's, it's almost like that thing that out of sight, out of mind, you know, like if people step off the gas and, yeah. and, and, and they stop with their marketing and they stop with their videos, they stop with their Facebook lives, their Instagram lives, all the stuff, their TikToks, whatever they're doing, their LinkedIn's, if they put their foot off the pedal or the pedal, they look at it and like, you know, they might not know they're around. So what I do is, is like, up, yeah. I up my media, I up my other stuff, I up my videos, I up all that stuff because here's the thing is, is we're here to stay and we're yeah. a good company and growing company. And I think the biggest thing is, is, is instead of tightening up, be more tactical, you know, be more tactical at your, you know, find out what your customers want. You know, have you, have you ever asked your customers what they want? You know, like, Hey, things are getting tough. You know, I'm going to call all my people. Let's sit down as a group. Let's go over some financial stuff for you guys. So it's it's cost effective for you guys because ultimately your customer is not a dollar. Your customer is a relationship. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're going into a, a you know a customer and you're building that relationship with that customer, in the bad times they help you out because they still have to do their projects. They still have to, but here's the thing is you don't gouge them because prices are going up. You literally sit down with them and say, Hey, this is the price. I think it's either best to wait or the prices are only going up. So let's figure out a way to do this, this, and this to be beneficial for your customer, not beneficial for yourself. And we talk about this even in TCS is like, you have to be one with your customer, you know, build relationships. That's why I think like with my business is flourishing so much is because people are drawn to me because I'm a relationship builder. You know, it's not about me. It's not about, you know, you know, it's about helping others. Like if I help other people succeed, it's almost like the BNI term, the old BNI term. It's like, cause I've been in BNI almost 15 years now. It's giver's game. If you give things to people, most of the time they give back. And so like, that's the mentality that I've always had is, is, is even when I got into BNI 15 years ago is you have to give more than you get. And if you do that, you're going to be successful. And in times that are tough with your clients and stuff, communication is key. Like I always tell people, like my salespeople and everybody in my office, be one with the customer. When you show up on the job, be one with them. Ask them stuff. I mean, like I get so many compliments every single day on my guys of how they talk to the customers, how they interact with the customers when when they're coming home. Like, hey, do you need help with groceries? Do you need help carrying anything in? That's the, the, the culture value. of, And I don't teach that. I lead that. 
I live a day-to-day life of helping people. And in turn, people come into my company that want to help others. And I think that's the thing is, is we're so quick to like the old term, you know, hire slow, fire fast. That is a key role that we've in the last four years have developed and got rid of bad seeds. You know, everybody always says, you know, like, you know, bad seeds are, you know, a disease in a company. Well, the thing is, is you got to find out if you're watering the right seeds because we focus too much on the bad seeds and we got to get rid of those and water the good seeds. So they can bloom, they can flower, they can grow. And, and that's the mentality in my company is like, nobody has that ceiling. Everybody's going to be watered every single day and taught if you're coachable and if you want to be a part of this. But when you do that, it cultivates something in your company that's just, it's unheard of. Like if you came into my company and walked in the door right now, you would feel that. You'd feel that energy, like that love, like like when you and I meet. Like it's like, like I love every single person that I'm a part of because they're in part of my relationship. It's that mm-hmm. give and take, like I give and then I get, you know? So like, I think that's the biggest thing in life is, is you can't just take all the time. And a lot of people just take, take, take. That's why people fail yeah, because yeah. they they want everything. So like in this economy, I have a lot of my competitors right now saying, you need a book now. You need a book now. You need a book now. And you're, they're forcing these people. And my mentality is, is like, step back a little bit. Let's figure out what the best scenario is for their customer, not the company. Because in ultimately, if you give to your customer, you're going to get way more out of them. So I think that's the, I wanted to, I wanted to make that point because it's like, it's so like the scarcity mentality right now is just, it's, it's, it's crazy. People are literally locking down things. They're raising prices like 75%, which is un, like unheard of gouging. You can see it at the pumps. You go one city, it's, you know, th- you know, three fifty, four bucks, right in between four bucks. Then you got one that's four fifty, five bucks. It's like, what, what makes the, the difference? I mean, it's, there's no difference. You know, I mean, if you're talking a couple of days, yeah, maybe they got a price jump when they got the gas, but we're not talking 60, 70, 80 uh-huh. cents. They're just doing that just because the norm, everybody's doing it. So I wanted to, I wanted to tell that because the, the scarcity mentality is getting really bad. And I, I want everybody to focus on the real end goal is just building relationships and, and, and really just getting through these bad times. Because if you have no relationships with your customers, you might as well close shop now because it's going to be really tough to get through the, the bad times. So you got to ramp up and start doing that. And if you, if you can do it, you can succeed. If you can't, and you don't want to build those relationships, why do people not do relationships? Because it takes time, right? Because you have to put, devote a lot of time. Well, you know what? Sometimes that time is valuable. And sometimes that time that time really sets apart everybody else. So if you can make an hour call with somebody or if you can, you know, meet somebody out to help them with the job, even though you have no intent to get the job, that's the relationship building. And then also ultimately you end up getting from that later on in life. You know, because I always say, you know, God's watching, you know, yeah. if you're helping others, he's going to, he's going to fill your cup and make sure that you're getting filled, you know? So I think that's the biggest thing is, is don't have that scarcity mentality right now, step on the gas and up your, your motives and up your, your goals and targets and bring your team along with you. It's, it's huge too, because you see so much of the scarcity mentality, especially like I'm seeing it in my subcontractors and not all of them. Uh, we got a lot of great subcontractors we've worked with for a long time through the hard times and the last hard times we all face too. But I got to, I'll use this as an example. My trust company just sent new, uh, new bids to me on, I, on two new houses we have coming up. Right. 
Well, one of them I had to revise, and this is a 5,200-square-foot house. The original bid was about $80,000 for trusses. So I go, hey, I know uh, this probably needs to be revised. This was back in the fall. Lumber index has gone up. Just send me. I'm expecting, you know, maybe five grand higher or whatever. So 80000 was the original bid. The next bid I got was $188,000. See that's and that. I I said are, is this I called the guy I goes is this right and he goes well you know the guy that that does our pricing he's the manager and he's scared right now he's scared boom just what you you just exactly what we just were talking about and yeah. so I said listen I want now pricing I don't want in the future pricing because who knows what's going to happen in the future so if you guys want to keep work I go are you trying to get rid of all your builders. Because that's what you're going to do. You're going to lose every builder you got. And the desperate ones are going to stick with you if they got customers willing to pay that. But I'm not going to let my client pay that. You know, so long story short, the guy ends up coming back to me and he ends up dropping the price like another 10 grand or something, but it's still high. I'm like, all right, see ya. You know, we'll finish up the trusses we have with you. Obviously, they're pricing now, pricing for the ones we got, but these future ones, we're going to have to figure out something. So I'm having a shift and do all these things too. I, I jokingly always say, if I don't have a full head of gray hair by the end of this year, I'll be shocked because <laughs> all the shifts I'm having to make for our customers, but we will survive. Like you said too, because the customer we're customer driven customer matters to us. That's I could have easily said, yeah, 180,000, whatever all the customer is going to pay for it. You know, this and that, uh, it is what it is. You know, yeah, cause you're, you're a cost plus, right? Yeah. You know? so, yeah. so like, I mean, you have no, no, I mean, you can literally say, Hey, this is the price, but I can, but I'm not going to do but, that. That's, but here's the thing. And then you'll lose customers. You'll, yeah. you'll be known as that guy that look at the, why is this guy charging us? And why isn't he, cause your job is to really go out get the best price. And we, so you're, and, you're like, and that's well, that's the thing too, being cost plus, that's what a lot of people's arguments to a cost plus builder is. But I always tell them, I go, if you got a builder that actually has a conscience that cares, that has a reputation, it's a whole different story. I could easily take those bids and say, yeah, it is what it is. Sign off on them. And I said, and I could be like, you know, when the time comes, when we have to order those trusses, they'll probably quote them lower. I could say stuff, but I don't feel comfortable signing those bids and being responsible for those numbers because that's my customer. I'm defending them. So we're willing to go all the way up to South Carolina to look for trusses right now uh, to better the price for the client or conventionally, we're talking to our framers about being able to conventionally frame trusses like they do up north. They don't do that a, a lot down here. I have a really good contact for you uh, in West Virginia for uh, trusses. So we're, we're going to Yeah, we'll talk the- after because yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they got yeah. a truck too and yeah. they're willing to ship down because it's my my, it's uh, my really close buddy, Eddie Brown. He, uh, okay. that's what he does for a living. So I will, uh, I will definitely introduce you to him because he's a, he's a, he has a nonprofit called giving words and it's uh he helps single mothers out and uh, you know, he's just, he's got a big heart. And I think that, uh, you know, there's a reason for things that, you know, like you just said, you, there's a reason when people say things that, you know, that just jumps out at me. Like if I can save you, you know, 50% or, you know, even 75% with going for you him, might, you might dude, have, you, you might have a bunch of builders calling you now after this podcast, after dude, you just said that, <laughs> you know, what? I mean, it, 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 it's all about who, you know, in this business yeah. and, 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 and having the relationships with good people, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, cause here's the thing is I'll tell you a really quick story is, really nothing's quick with me, but you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that like, 
four years, November 17th to 17, I was uh, an alcoholic. I mean, I literally was drinking almost every single day and I chose. And then the reason why I chose to do what I did is quit drinking is because I knew that I was heading down a road of pretty much a a bad path. You know, when in November 17th, I was like, you know what? I had to have some non-negotiables and my non-negotiables were fast food, See you later. No fast food anymore. Done. I literally non-negotiable. Second was, uh, I'll never have a drink again. Like no, no wine, no, no drinking, no nothing. I literally quit everything and then no pop. So like I have no pop at all. So like my thing was, is if I do that, I will lose weight. And I was an alcoholic, but I also was over 350 pounds. And so now I'm probably right around 220, 215. I range in there. But here's the thing is, is that mentality, I was hanging around with the wrong people. And what I mean by that is, is I was hanging around with people that were going to the bars for doing business. And so like this transitions into you are the people that you hang out with. You know, and so what I what I said was is, is we I have good relationships with people. So when I send people like yourself or other builders on this podcast to this person that is instilling a relationship with everybody else. And then now I'm helping him succeed. Yeah. Okay. And, and all he has to do is build that relationship with you guys. And he locks in a customer for life. Now he's, he's thriving in his business. He's growing his business and he's able to, you know, not have that ceiling, you know, because we're so stuck. I mean, like sometimes like we feel like we're just moving at this. It's so fast. We just, we can't do anything. And, and that ceiling is right there. And we're like, I'm so overwhelmed, but go outside and walk outside and say, and just take a breath. And you're like, yeah. you feel better instantly. You're not you're like closed into a room. That's what you need to build your company with is you have to step outside the walls sometimes and make things happen. And that's what I always say is, is if you are, if you're in a relationship with me, I have a giver's game mentality. I will give you as much as possible with no, no exception of trying to get anything in return. And the reason why I, I do that is because I was never given that starting this business. Nobody helped me besides my employees. My employees are my one, one reason why I'm successful in this company. If, if, I had, if I had zero employees, I would not be successful. And so I owe everything to my employees. And my employees show up every single day and they have a, they have this fight and they have this grit. And the reason why they do that is because my mission and their mission align because they want to succeed. They want to see BSI succeed. And, and when, when we succeed, everybody succeeds. And I, and I say this all the time is like, we give bonuses out here. We give, we give, you know, very large bonuses. We actually give things to people on a continual basis. I like, you know, you have a, you know, you wanted to ask me about, you know, helping, you know, people out. I, I love helping my employees. out. I love coming in at four o'clock in the morning and cooking breakfast for them. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things that I give them, you know, some food to go on in their day. And it's cause I appreciate that, mm-hmm. you know, because ultimately as a boss, your people are your everything. If you have no people, you have no business. So like, true, that true. is the mentality I said is, is like, they mean everything to me. And I let them know that every single day I give hugs. I, you know, like I, I, I can actually name like every single one of their kids. Like I know, I know them more than they know their self sometimes because they come in and they're just struggling and I see it right through it. Like I had yesterday, I had a woman in my office who was just struggling and she, she lost her pictures on her SIM card. And it was like, 
11,000 pictures and it was her pictures of her mother and her wedding and all this other stuff. And she was just falling at her, at her desk. And I went over there and I'm like, what's going on? And I pulled her in my office and I was talking and I, she's like, I just lost all my pictures. She's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, listen, we got this. So I had my media guy, then my full-time in-house media guy that does everything for me. And my internet guru, website guru, everything. He goes in, dude, two hours. He had 99% of those pictures back and, and, and it only cost a hundred bucks. So that's the mentality is, is, is you have to help people. Yeah. And then she'll never forget that. Like no. that is a pivotal moment that she could have said, you know what? I'm done. I I'm pissed. I'm going to go home. And it could have affected her whole week, her whole month in this company. But what I did was, is I, I noticed, I saw her. And that's the thing I say a lot is, is, and I even post a lot of stuff on online is like, I see you, like I see people out there and most bosses don't do that. Most bosses don't see people. Most bosses just, they're always looking past people because they think, well, that person's beneath me. That person is like, you know, that person just makes this much money an hour. That's the wrong mentality. You will never succeed in life if that's how you look at people. Mm-hmm. You have to look at somebody in the eye and you have to say, listen, literally, I love you and I will do whatever it takes to help you out. And that's mm-hmm. the mentality you have. And if you have that mentality, dude, you can run a, a hundred million dollar company. You can run a, a billion dollar company. You can run a, you know, $300 billion company. The thing is, is you have to have that mentality. You have to have that, that drive to do that. And I think that, you know, as long as you have the right people in the seat, you'll succeed. And I, and I truly mean that. So I wanted to share that because it's like, dude, people are, you know, like people look past people and that's, that's not good. Like you have to be one with everybody and your people are everything and watch just, I want to, I want to challenge somebody on this, on this podcast. And this is, this is what's going to help me help somebody today. Take every single employee that you have, bring them in your office and ask them what you do wrong. Hmm. Because if you do that, you can now reflect on that and make things different. Yeah. Now, if you're if you have an ego mentality, you're going to say, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that, which is bullshit because your employees see you. They're watching you. Mm-hmm. So ask your employees what you do. That's what I do. If I if they don't like something that I'm doing, they come to me. They say, hey, Ryan, you're struggling on this. You know, I just wanted to let you know that is a good employee. I could be like pissed off and be like, well, the other person doesn't know what they're doing. But but here's the thing is that the, that's when the ego sets in. That's when you say, well, guess what? I, I see that. I, I actually, now that I'm reflecting on it, I, I see me doing that a little bit. So that's, that's the little things that you do. So I challenge all you construction, you know, people that watch this, you know, anywhere from construction people to, you know, probably, you probably have more people than just construction people, but. Uh, it's you know, all yeah, client based and so on, obviously. So, too. so they have businesses too. Do me a favor, take a day or two and ask your employees what you do wrong. Because then you can look in the mirror and say, I do that wrong. I need to fix it. And, and, and this is something that I do a lot of is I look in the mirror every single day and I ask myself questions. You can't look at yourself in the mirror and actually lie to yourself. Because if you do, you're full of shit. <laughs> and I think that's the best thing about it is, is if you look in the mirror and I look in the mirror and I ask, am I going to be a good boss today? You're damn right I'm going to be a good boss today because I that's what I do. I'm going to be the best person that I can be every single day. Now, 
if I can be the best person I can be, my employees will be the best person they can be. And I think that's what, what people are missing the vote on is, is they get so comfortable. And when they get comfortable, they say, well, they, they don't, they don't think they do anything wrong. I do stuff wrong every day. Like I, like I struggle, like I struggle in business sometimes. I'm like, well, you know, with, if the customer doesn't pay me, you know, now I sit back and I reflect on that and say, well, why isn't the customer not paying me? Did I do something wrong? Maybe I did something wrong. Let's figure out what we did. Instead of saying, you know what? Screw that guy. I'm done with this, blah, blah, blah. And have that mindset of like, I'm done with this. No, figure out what you did wrong. And if you didn't do something wrong, then go after it. But if you did something wrong, make it right and move on. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in the, in, in the construction world, we always tend to do that. Is like everything, everything we, we do is perfect. No, it's not. No. And I think that's where we're missing the vote. And is if you can have that, you know, that, that, that really just vulnerability with your people and, and say, you know what? I screwed up a, an apology goes a million miles with your people. If you, if you come in with a bad mood and you apologize to your people for the next day, they don't even remember that you were in a bad mood. They, they literally say, ah, you were fine. No, you weren't. But when you apologize to them, it changed the whole mentality of the whole room. That's the key in life is, is we all make mistakes. It's how you rebound from that and how you, how you literally get that vulnerability out and say, you know what? I screwed up. You know, I say this to my controller all the time, you know, because I, you know, her and I bicker a lot, you know, and it's like, we're like two peas in a pod. It's like, I get you. I get when I get really ruffled up and, and, and she does too. And we all, we apologize. We hug, we do, we do all that stuff because it's like, we're family. And when you're family, you argue, you have confrontation all the time, but as long as it's good confrontation and you're learning from that, you can grow as, as a business, you can grow as an individual. And I think that's what, uh, you know, you know, you, you and you and I are both, we're in a, we're in a, a school together called the top contractor school. And to be honest with you, that's the best thing that I've ever, ever got involved in because it's like-minded people like yourself that is in this group and we're all together as one. If we have an issue, we ask everybody about the issue. And then if we've been, if somebody's gone through it, they're easy to say, hey, this is what I did. This is what helped me get out of this. This is what I struggled with. That is so valuable in life. I would pay millions of dollars if I had that in the beginning of my business, because I probably wouldn't have failed as much and I probably would have learned faster. So if you have these groups out there, if you have these, like these, these, these impactful groups and these teachable groups, you should be a part of them because you're only going to grow from it. People are like, well, I'm not going to spend this kind of money. This is ridiculous. Dude, if you don't spend it now, you're going to lose later. Mm-hmm. So you got to spend the money now. It's a very valuable lesson. Pay me now or pay me later. You know, that's the thing is, is like, you will make mistakes. You will not have that support. And that's what we're, we're doing life together. You and I, we're the same, you know, we're in Arate together. You know, we learn a lot from Arate. We're in you know, top contractor school, we're in warriors of Christ. I mean, we, we, we've mm-hmm. got so many groups that we're in, but how valuable are those groups on a weekly basis? Yeah. Huge. huge. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the thing in a nutshell. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's having that, it's having that company uh, mentality and having that family mentality. Cause our three core values right now are integrity, family, and culture. I mean, like, that's what we, well, that's, that's what, that's our mission. That's our passion. That's what we do. Do we do things when people aren't watching? 
Absolutely. We're going to do everything to the best of our ability. And we do make mistakes and it's how you rebound from those mistakes. The brush on what you said and to wrap this up, because I know you got to get going here too soon is it's so huge. And, and that's the problem with contractors too. And and I've talked about clients need to find a contractor that's willing to help and do all the things you've said and, and have an actual, they care, you know, and a lot of contractors are just turn and burn, you know, make that check, go to the next one. I don't have time for that. So on, you know, like the, even the little things like keeping the peace around you, keeping everybody at ease around you as you're building, like where I'm at too, you know, we're, it takes us two years to build some of these projects and we are surrounded by neighbors that we got to be at a good, you know, we got to be good with. You know, like um, I was putting in a sign and I cut into a guy's cable line, didn't even realize I did it. I left and there the guy's calling off a screaming, saying, you and cut my cable, this and that. I go, OK, I could approach this as a dickhead and be like, you know what? Screw you, your attitude, this and that, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, you know what? I got to be married to this guy for the next two years next door to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to approach this. So I'm going to I. I told Liz, uh, my fiance who works with me, I'm like, I'm going to go over there. She goes, you're going there. I was like, yeah, I, I got to talk face to face. I can't do phone. I can't do email. I was like, I need to talk to him face to face. So I get there. He's throwing his arms up this yeah. and that. Um, and then he sees me get out of the car. I'm a bigger guy, you know, I'm six two, whatever. And this guy's <laughs> a little bit smaller. And he, he all of a sudden kind of was like, you know, but, um, I just walked up to him and he's cussing and he's like, my F and who put the sign in, you know, like, they need to be, I was like, sir, I was like, the cable, com, the company's Comcast. I go, when they bury these lines they they literally barely put them under the ground. Nobody can see them. So if you're putting a shovel in the ground and you hit it, it's really nobody's fault. I was yeah. like, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to have it repaired right away. I don't have a splice kit, but we'll get it. I'll get it. I'll call my excavator. I know he has one and he's always around. So I called my excavators like, yeah, I'll be there in 10 minutes. We'll get it done. So I just kept talking to this guy and talking to him, having a good conversation with him. At the end of it, he became my buddy. You know, we're like talking about stuff and his house and how his build went. And he was telling me about his builder and his bad experiences and the good and so on. But long story short, it, it was just in, in that moment, taking the time to get to know somebody that I'm going to be in a relationship with throughout my build with my guy to keep peace between our customer and him. And then even we just had another instance where across the street from another build, we're doing a track out one of the trailers for a piling truck backed into, he had these little curbs he had custom made and it backed over his curb and broke it. You know, I could have easily said, Hey, that's, that's in the swale. It's city property, not our problem. You shouldn't have that in the swale area on the way down tough luck. But I said, you know what? I'll have, I'll call my pile guy. I'll have him throw some concrete on there and I'll spray paint it white for you. And, uh, it's not that hard of a fix. You know, he's like, well, this part was broken too. Then he started pushing it a little bit. Cause yeah. I know that other part wasn't broken, but you know, we throw concrete on or whatever. I called my pile guy. My pile guy was like, screw that. You know, why would we, and I was like, I don't know what other builders you build for or work, you know, drive for, but that's not who we are. Yeah, we are the type to go back and do this stuff to keep the peace, to keep everybody happy. That's our reputation. That's who we always have been at RK Ryman. And he goes, huh? 
All right. Well, I love working for you guys. You guys pay me right away. You guys have been great to work with. Yeah. I'll send my guy over there whenever I can to fix it. I said, I appreciate that. So that's building building that relationship. You know I mean? That's, that's what we have with our customers. It's like, you know, if we do something wrong, we're going to make it right. And I, and I, and I'll take that even in farther with you is, is like next time just show up with a basket, you know, with something and, and then just give it to them and say, you know, for your inconvenience here, you and your wife, you know, with a basket of a gift card to go out to eat and, you know, a couple other little things. And that, that steps it even further. And you're like, listen, it was, it was my mistake. But here you go. It's on me because you had to waste your time now. So here it is. And you literally can spend 50 to 100 bucks and you literally transition that into now that's your biggest fan. So when he's when you're doing work, he doesn't even look at you. He doesn't look at the details. He doesn't look at something goes on your yard. He knows that you're going to take care of it. And Mm -hmm. so that's the whole transition is, is like treating people like others want to be treated, you know, so like you know, I deal with that all the time. It's like people call me up and cuss and and do all this other stuff. And I'll be like, listen, time out, time out. What's, what's going on? Cause sometimes they just want you to listen. So if they want you, if they want to vent, I'm the person to call, call me, you know, I'll listen and then I'll do whatever it takes to to make it happen. But sometimes you just got to listen. Too many people want to open their mouths and they want to say, well, then, then now it's even worse. Now you pissed off that customer and now that customer is going to be on your butt. Now he's going to be calling the city every five minutes when you do something wrong. If there's yeah. two by fours in the street or if there's dirt in the street, or, like it's a nightmare. So what you just said right there is, is, is a testament of exactly what you do is you take care of your customers first. And you also, on the other hand, is you don't worry about losing a couple bucks because you know you're going to gain another customer in the long run. So mm-hmm. that's so valuable. And I wanted to repeat that because, you know, your, your, your fan base and your, your, your podcast people, dude, I bet you probably half of the people aren't doing what you do. No. So if, if, if they can change that mentality, then they separate themselves from different people. So, you know, I just, uh, I wanted to share that real quick, but, you know, I just, uh, it's been a, it's been a great, great podcast, man. I, I love what you're doing and I really appreciate you having me on, man. I'm, I'm really humbled that you actually had me on. Cause I've, I, I, like I said, I've been doing my podcast, you know, the power of helping people and, uh, it's, uh, it's life-changing. It's life-changing for me and it's life-changing for my, my listeners because I'm telling stories that, that impact thousands of people. And my mission was just to help one person. But if I'm putting out these podcasts and one person and then another person, then another person, another person shares it, you're influencing a ton of people. And ultimately, if you can impact people to get off the couch, get off doing something or or maybe even making a little change with their employees, ask, you know, having their employees in and telling them what's wrong with you, that will change your whole company and that will mm-hmm. change your whole culture. And if that changes your whole culture, watch what happens in your company. Your company will go 1 million to 3 million. Your company will go 3 million to 6 million. Your company will go 6 million to 10 million. And then 10 million to 15 million, 15 million to 20 million. And that's the key. Because once I started getting off my butt and, and, and stopped being that person, that even though I was helping people all the time and I was that guy, I was the person that was saying I a lot. I was the person that was saying, you know, I made it here. You know, this is what happens. No. I didn't make it. My employees made it. So when I shifted that four and a half years ago, when I quit drinking November 17 and 17, my company went from nothing to where it is today. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how many people I got like eight years, four years ago, I had eight to 10 people. And now I have almost close to 50 people. Wow. And then we're, we're looking for 10 to 15 more people. And when I put out ads, and this is what I wanted to say, when I put out ads right now, 
everybody always says, I can't find people. I can't find people. I'm getting applications in every day because here's the thing is if you can't find people, it's not the people you have a, you don't have a people problem. You have a marketing problem. And if you're not telling people what your people do and what you do, and you're just showing pictures of your machines and you're showing this, or you're showing this, you have to really just divulge, divulge all your people and what they're doing and how they're doing it and the videos and, you know, getting interviews from your people and just really praising your people constantly. That's what people want. And so when you come into the company, it's not a facade. You come in here. I'm, I'm right at the front door saying, this is what we're going to do. And I'm here for you. My door's open every single second. Come in. If you need something to talk about, let's talk it out. Let's figure it out and let's move on. So that's the key is I wanted to share that with you because it's so valuable to really just have that communication with your, with your people and your customers, because your, your, your people pretty much are your subs and your, and your, and your customers. So you have to be one with those. And if you're one with those, you're going to be very successful. And I, dude, I watch your videos all the time, dude, you are on a, on a path of growing multiple figures really quick because of your customer service, the way you treat people, the way you have a heart with your clients. Yeah. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, deal with a hundred percent raise. I'm going to say, listen, I'm going to go elsewhere for my customer. Now, if I can't get that from anybody else, then at least you tried and you worked for your money because then you can go back to the customer and say, listen, I've exalted every single option that I've had. This is what I can do. This is what I can do. And this is what I can do. What do you want to do? And then they say, well, I, I trust you because you literally gave them the option to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I know, I know uh, we can probably go on for another hour and I know you got to get rolling. Have have, have me back on again and we'll we'll discuss about other things. You got time. You got time for, cause usually I asked, well, you kind of answered my, my last one. What about you personally? You've built an amazing company that continues to grow each and every day. What lessons have you learned on your journey that'll help us, us and our own businesses grow? Well, I, I, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you one thing that that really made me uh, who I am today with my company is opening your damn ears mm. and shut your mouth. Because if you can do that, watch what happens. Because listen, you don't have all the good ideas. You know, you might think you do. That's the ego talking. But your people are there and they can tell you doesn't mean you have to agree with every single thing that your people do, but you want the input for them because they're the people that are going to grow your company. You know, not you, you can be that initiator. You can be that number cruncher guy. They, you know, you watch the numbers and if it's in the budget, you can do it. That's fine. That's that's real business. But if you can give that valuable things to your people, like I don't micromanage anything. My, all my people in my office know, I don't micromanage. I'm not going to stand over your back watching every move you make because I give them the freedom to make the mistakes on their own. And if they make the mistakes on their own, they can learn from them. You know, people are human. They make mistakes. Don't get down on people for making mistakes because what happens is if you get down on people for making mistakes, they will never do anything different. They will stay the same because they don't want to go outside their box because they think they're going to get yelled at. And in this, in the construction world and in the asphalt world and every tradesman out there, that's what people do wrong is they shun them and they put a ceiling over them and they can't do it. So that's the valuable lesson that I've learned in the last, you know, five years. And I think too, is, is with being with putting drinking, my eyes have opened up more and I actually am listening now. And, you know, I love to talk, but I also listen. So when somebody's in here, like I tell my kids, you know, do you want me to listen or do you want my advice? 
And that's the thing. That's the mentality you should go with every single day, not only with your kids, but with your employees, with your customers. And if you do that, sky's the limit. There's no ceiling. If you, if you do that, there's no ceiling. You can, you can, like I said, you could be a hundred million dollar company yourself in, in 10 years if you wanted, but you can't have that ceiling. Yeah. So Love it. that's what I get. That's what I got for you. So, and then wrapping it up, last question, and yeah. this is what the show's all about. What exactly do people need to look for when choosing a contractor and why should they choose Ryan Austin as their go-to? Well, so I, I actually wrote a list for this because <laughs> this is, this is, this is, this is what I look, this is what I look for. So when you're choosing a contractor, it's pretty basic, but this is what we look for. You know, are you licensed? Are you insured? Because ultimately, if you don't have those two things, it's cheap. It's going to be cheap because those things are the two two most expensive things in my company. Also, you know, you got to make sure they have workman's comp, you know, so that's basically insurance. So general liability, workman's comp. The reason why you do that is because if they hurt themselves on your property, you're liable, mm-hmm. not the contractor. They have no insurance. Secondly, train they have to be trained crews. So if you can't talk to everybody that, that's working on your property, there's probably a testament to the, the, the owner that that's probably not a good thing. Every single one of my people in my company can talk to any customer and I don't care. It's because we make sure that they're right to talk to and they're educated enough to be able to talk to customers. So that's, a, that's one of those things. Turnaround time is my favorite. If you ask for a bid and the and the, the contractor tells you when they're going to get it to you and they don't get it to you, that's a problem. That's a red flag. Boom. They, their integrity shot. They just, things happen. They forget. So call them and make sure. But listen, when they say stuff, they should do it. That's the integrity first piece. And communication is my favorite. The reason why I said that is my last one is because if they can't answer their phone and they can't call you back, that's a red flag too. You got to run. And uh, I think what separates, you know, BSI from everybody else, you know, in the asphalt world and in our area and what people will say is, is they can feel the family atmosphere and they can feel the culture through them. Like li- literally, I, I, I don't have one person that if I, if I want to close a deal, if I want to close a big deal, I bring them to my office because they literally will come in my office and they will be family. They will be met greeted there. There's no like show. There's no like, oh, somebody's coming in. We got to do it. No. It's literally genuine every single time and people come and go. So it doesn't matter who's here, but every single person will come up to you and they will, they will meet you and greet you like your family. And I think that's the key is, is, is that's why we have that as a core value is, is, is family, culture, and integrity. If you have those three, three things, you're unstoppable in the mm-hmm. industry. And you know that, I mean, culture is key. If you, if people say, oh yeah, culture, this is the new, new word culture, dude, the culture started. For, you know, back in 2004, when I started this company and the culture is only getting better. And the last five years, the culture has gotten so good. Like, yeah. I mean, like you cannot ever stop culture. You have to, that's why I have it as a core value. You can never stop culture because culture, once you stop culture, it ruins the whole company. So you have to constantly, and that hold that's, that's holding people accountable. That's holding people accountable to a standard higher than themselves. You know, and I think that's the key is, is that's why everybody comes to BSI. It's not because of price, because we're not the cheapest out there. You know, just like you, you're not the cheapest out there. But guess what? Your customers value you. Your customers know that they can trust you. Your customers 
know that when you say you're going to be there, you're going to be there. And that's the key to business. And that's the key to life. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're in a relationship and your, your buddy is saying, Hey, I need help. And he can't count on you. You're not there. Guess what? You failed them. Just like the same thing with a business. If you can't honor what you say, you're going to honor, you failed that customer. And then that, that customer now is not going to use you. You know, it's, it's the infamous saying, you know, if you do a bad job, the people tell it's 10, if you do a good job, they might say one, they might tell one. That's the key in life is just making sure everybody's happy and everybody streamlines and then everything's good. So I wanted to let you know that. And, but I have to jump off here, but I appreciate you, dude. <laughs> real quick, real quick before you yep. go, where can people find and connect with you? So, so I'm on Facebook, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on uh TikTok, I'm on uh uh, Instagram, Instagram is the CEO dad plus four or, or real Ryan Austin. And then everything else you can find Ryan Austin on LinkedIn and TikTok and, and the podcast too. Yeah. And I'll, I'll send you the link so you can put it on this, uh, the links here. So, you know, people can find me, but yeah, check out my podcast, man. It'll change your life. I mean, I've got some really, really good people on there. I mean, my guests are top notch, so I'll have to have you on my podcast here soon. Yeah. So, I'd love appreciate to, it. man. I'd love to. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time today and thanks right, everybody man. for listening.